I think a lot of times people kind of glorify this, just trust the universe and step by step, and I'm probably guilty of that myself. You know, I, I talk about the rainbows and unicorns side of it a lot, and, and not always the, the moments when you are on your knees in tears thinking, I don't know what to do next. And, and Hello and welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so happy to be here with you guys today. You know, my guest today is just blows me out of the water, so I can't wait to uh, introduce her. Dr. Melissa Corley Carter is the barefoot dancing rocket scientist. She's actually a rocket scientist, <laughs> a seven continents marathoner, astronaut reject, which is my favorite part of the entire list, by the way, <laughs> a speaker, award-winning author, and certified professional coach who helps rock star women own their awesomeness. I'll tell you the reason that my favorite part is the part where we have failure is because failure teaches us more than maybe anything that we do. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much, Donalyn. It's so exciting to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. So this, you know, having all of this sort of amazing experience, right? These are like markers that the that the outside world goes like, ooh, you're special over here and you're special over there and look at you. You can run good and you can do all the things. Um, <laughs> the, these are, this is a skill that we learn how to be in the world, right? And and, and requires uh, from, from what I know of it and what I've interviewed, how I've interviewed people about it, a lot of emotional intelligence. And so I cannot wait for us to really get into that. Tell me a little bit about how you got here and, and into this work. Well, yes, absolutely. The, it's funny, you the astronaut reject thing is is kind of the central portion of it. And as you said, we, we learn so much from failure or what I'll call perceived failure. I've actually come to not believe in the concept of failure because it's all experimenting. And you can't fail at an experiment, you can only learn. So, so I actually spent 20 years wanting to be an astronaut starting in fifth grade. I was one of those little kids who, you know, an astronaut came and talked to my class and I was hooked. I was done. I was, I was going for it. And I studied all the math and science, got all the engineering degrees, actually got a PhD in astronautical engineering. So I could actually say I was a rocket scientist. And at the same time, I had always had bad eyesight. So I was kind of crossing my fingers that eventually NASA would start allowing corrective eye surgery, which they did. So I I went out and got LASIK, so I had 20-20 vision. So at, at that time, 2012 was basically the first class that came through that I was qualified to apply for. So I put in my application, was just over the moon, just hitting the apply button, thinking, oh my gosh, I just I did it. I just hit apply. This is my dream coming true. And I found out a couple months later that, in fact, my eyesight before I got LASIK was so bad that I was disqualified anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I there I didn't see the fine print that that you know gave you the, the yeah. you know those other little yeah. standards. So yeah, I jumped through the hoop, and right. I still am not in that place that I think I'm going. Even mm -hmm. though mm -hmm. where it brings us is someplace so different, I right. I can't wait to hear about it. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so it was for me that was truly earth shattering. I mean, I literally had no backup plan. It, it was the classic dark mm -hmm. night of the soul. And, you know, I cried all night. I called everybody, all my friends and family and cried to everybody. And just, uh, it was, I mean, horrible. And for me, it was, it was not just 
the astronaut thing, it was that I had actually wrapped so much of my identity around becoming an astronaut that I really didn't know who I would be or what I would do without it. Mm. So there was a fear aspect of, oh my gosh, a little, I mean, it it sounds kind of silly and and prideful to say it now, but what am I going to tell people? How am I going to face people the rest of my life, you know, having told everybody I have ever met that I wanted to do this and and now not having that. So it was a a dark time. Uh, At the same time, it was, uh, I had actually just started a new job where I was, I was in the active duty air force at the time. And I was a a general's aide where your life kind of revolves around the general. So I didn't really have a whole lot of time to, to dwell and think about me, which was really helpful. (laughs) So, uh, so I, it actually was kind of interesting because to the outside world, nothing really changed. I was, I continued on the fast track. I was doing all the things, you know, I'm, I'm generally a happy, positive person. So, so it's, you know, no one could really tell. And so I think I was kind of processing in the background, Mm. but the, but the result really was, I I didn't actually have any long-term Air Force goals. You know, at some point I would get to NASA and then that would be what I would do for, for the rest of my life. So for the next couple of years, I, I kind of did the Air Force thing. And again, it was checking all the boxes. But I was I was actually in an acquisitions career field, so a lot of program management and and uh, kind of technical aspects. But what I was discovering was that all along the way, even from when I was little, I was actually better at at people and building relationships and finding out what motivated people and just really being the glue that holds a team together. And and so as I started really thinking, okay, what am I what am I doing with my life? I had several several kind of defining moments along the way that really highlighted to me that while I didn't exactly know what my life purpose was, it wasn't what I was doing. And so when I I actually came to a decision point, uh, there was a sort of a, a, you're going to be in, you know, active duty for the next, you know, for, for 20 years, or you're going to get out now. And I had this decision mm-hmm. point and didn't know what I was leaping into, but, uh, but again, I, I leaped uh, into the unknown and left active duty, ended up joining the reserve and uh, switching from engineering into leadership. So as a reservist, I teach leadership and professional development classes. And then in, in the, the big open blank space of my life in the rest of the world, I ended up you know, meandering, going a few different directions, got certified as a coach and, and just started learning one thing after another and, and just kind of building the, the coaching business and, and honing in on who I help and what I do and just being myself, really discovering who I really am along the way. I love that. I love that um, sort of how one thing builds on another. My career was very, very similar in that I had dreams when I was young and then they morphed a little and I still ended up in the same um, industry, right? I was in the theater and when I was very young, I was reminded of this the other day that when I was very young, I wanted to be a dancer. And a window happened, like you talked about those sort of windows of opportunity to just go into the unknown. And uh, I didn't go very far into the unknown on that one. (laughs) Uh You know, I just went like, okay, good enough. Um, And, uh, and I had a whole career there. And then another window open where there's a little dissatisfaction, there's a knowing that there's not fullness in your life. There's a a feeling that there's something more, but you don't know what it is. And you and you see the window and you go like, I better just go through it and figure out what's on the other side. And that's and then you end up in this place, which I think feels miraculous when you're doing it, Mm -hmm. where you are fully prepared for a thing 
that you never considered. <laughs> yes, so true. Right? So true. Right? Yes, yes 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's what's happened for me absolutely in my coaching career that I wasn't a coach. I was a, I was worked on Broadway in the theater and I worked on and then I I ran a company and for 15 years and you know I, I was when that was over I was like I don't know what's next. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> and that window lasted a little while, right? Mm -hmm. For me to go like, "Oh, I know what's next." Is that you lived all this life and you had so many hard times in that life like I was terrible at emotions when I was young. <laughs> Ask anybody in my history and they'll be like, we don't know how she got to be that person, <laughs> right? Yes, yes. Oh my you gosh. have to work them, the things you work at, you know how to work yeah. at them, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. I just love that that your sort of this trajectory is the culmination of your experience. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, thank you. And you know what, it's funny because I'll actually add, I actually wanted to be a, a Broadway actress when I was little as well. and. And, and it's funny, I had, I think I was, I was actually recently, and, and my mom saved a lot of stuff and I was going through some things in the last couple of years, going through some old college applications. And, and I, in one of my essays, I had actually written about kind of the juxtaposition of both wanting to be an astronaut and wanting to be on Broadway. And it was sort of like mm. stars in the sky and stars on the stage. Yes. And and incidentally, I think what I was really curious about at that time was I was I was so curious about what the actors and actresses are thinking about on stage. Like, what's going through mm. your mind when you're performing this show that you performed so many times before and singing the same song? Because I was a huge musical theater fan. So anyway, uh, but I have also gotten really into mindfulness and being present in the moment and realizing that part of that curiosity was actually a fascination with how you can be completely present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, if you're performing the audience, maybe there's people in the audience who've never seen it before. So it has to be like the first time for you. So it's like the first time for them. And, and that kind of presence is so huge. So, so it's kind of fun, the little intertwinings and, and the, these professions actually have a lot in common about really being present and human. Yeah. I think you're bringing up a great point that, um, that when we kind of stream ourselves, right? When we decide to be super present, then the what is so unimportant because mm -hmm. what happens is we get to work at a level that is beyond what most people mm. ever get to even mm -hmm. dream about, right? Yes. Like yes. I can remember, I was a sound designer on Broadway and I can remember standing there looking at this Broadway stage and like, it was impressive, right? It was like, wow, okay. And and that moment of getting to be present for that was only because I had been present for all the other moments before it, right? That somebody had said, hey, that kid's pretty good. Hey, let's give her a shot over here. Oh, look at that. She did something good, you know, and not, not follow, that you followed the rules, not that you... Um, but you hone your craft, of course, but not that you go by, oh, yeah, she's just like somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. But that you be present. And I yes. love that, particularly with the name of this episode being how to reach for the stars, right? Because mm -hmm. that's that's what it yep. is. Like, <laughs> how do we get to be up there in yes. the fun place? Yes. Yeah. So that, that's cool because the other thing that has come out of this whole astronaut journey is really 
figuring out the why behind the what. Like you said, when you're absolutely present, the what doesn't matter. And it and it doesn't. And the key really to reaching your stars, no matter what your dreams are, is is actually asking what is the goal behind the goal? Like, like that's what I call it. When when you know and really dig in to the why behind the what, there are so many different ways to fulfill that true dream, as it were. So, so I asked myself after years. I mean, this was not an overnight thing. This has been a long journey and a long process. But, but when I really asked myself what I wanted in becoming an astronaut, what I have discovered over the years is that, in fact, I, it was because I wanted to feel the, the really the truth of this instinctual knowing I had of a spiritual connection with the universe. You know, I knew that I was one with the universe, and astronaut was sort of a tangible way to to make that happen. But I. Also, because I wanted to inspire people to greatness the way astronauts had always inspired me, and then the the third piece, which I actually only came to relatively recently, was was that I really wanted to experience or work toward anyway the vision of a, a unified and harmonious world. And you know, mm. astronauts say that they go up in space, and one of the big things you hear about is you look down at the big blue marble, and you can't see land borders. You can't see you know all these things that we make up to divide ourselves is are irrelevant. Right? So you look down and you see a global unification. And those things, each of those those you know goals behind the goal, I get to work toward every single day. I didn't need to be an astronaut for that. I get to really live my dream every single day, and it's amazing. So when you know、mm. the why behind the what, you can absolutely get there, even if physical, material things or doors get closed in your face. Yeah, and the how. So、uh, no, nowhere in there did I hear you say how, right?、Mm-hmm. Because the、mm-hmm. how becomes so unimportant when we're playing in this universal. Energy, right?、Mm-hmm. This thing that you're talking about with being in a unified energy of the universe is like, first of all, it's blissful, right? It's like feels great, and also, it really,、um, it it makes a space for whatever happens next to be the how. Yes, yes. That's also one of the big things that I've, and and it's a hard lesson sometimes because we certainly are conditioned in our society. We are expected to know all the steps, and oh, you know, you 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 share your dream with someone, and and completely well-meaning, they're like, well, how are you going to do that? And and then you shut down, and and you do it yourself too. You think, oh, I can't, I don't know all the steps, so I might as well not try because it seems impossible. But but it is really such a sh- a surrender. Practice to to、mm. say you know what I don't I don't know how but I'm going to trust that the next step will reveal itself and so also so bringing in marathons too literally taking one step after another without needing to be you don't need to be across the finish line yet just take one step and take another step and take another step and and so for me that has been it has been challenging but also liberating to say you know I I don't have any idea how this is going to happen. But I'm going to do this one thing, and I have this dream, and it just landed, and I'm not going to deny it. I'm going to say, universe, I trust that if this is my dream to fulfill, the how will will unfold. And 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 so it's it's a huge, huge, huge shift, I think, and powerful liberation to let go, just focus on the what, and let the how develop and unfold step by step. 
Yeah. So you you brought up a bunch of things there. And, and I, I want to really talk about uh, that step-by-step thing, right? Because a lot of times when we talk about reaching for the stars, no matter what your dreams are, it's like, it's all up here and it does not attach to reality at all. And then you're like, I don't know, but I'm going, you know? Yeah. And this, and so sometimes people end up with no plan, right? It's the, sort of the polar opposite of the, like, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to do this and then that's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So we do have that trajectory, but also a lot, like me, I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to work on Broadway. <laughs> I don't know how. That's amazing. Yeah. And it worked, right? Mm-hmm. It worked. Mm-hmm. The next person came, the next person came. But what can happen sometimes is that we're in, we're in the middle, right? It's a, what is that image of the, the, you know, master running across the stones in the, in the river, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you, you don't know where the next step is landing. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and there's, there are a lot of skills that are needed for that moment of the unknown, even though you're still reaching for the stars. Mm-hmm. So as you mm-hmm. said, a lot of people just go like, I don't, I guess I can't get there. Yeah. But, but really, if it's an unknown, mm-hmm. how, tell me what happens during that moment for you? Mm, well, <laughs> many things, but I'll say, you know, actually one of the things is tears, you know, and, and fear. And, and that's a very real part of the process. You know, I think it is normal and natural. Like it, it it's, Oh, I think a lot of times people kind of glorify this, just trust the universe and step by step. And I'm probably guilty of that myself. You know, I, I talk about the rainbows and unicorns side of it a lot and, and not always the, the moments when you are on your knees in tears thinking, I don't know what to do next. And, and so <sighs> letting that be okay, letting your body process the emotions that you're feeling uh, is, is really important. And then focusing so so actually one of the one of the things i have developed for myself over the years is is a sort of a kind of a one page at a glance what i call my magic at a glance which is my values and my decision making criteria and my you know my five year vision my 10 year vision my statement of who i am and what i do it's got all of these things and so when i'm kind of in the unknown i refer to that and i remember okay yes this is who i am and and so i i have kind of this long list of practices that I do in those moments of uncertainty. And actually, one of my other favorite things to do is actually going outside barefoot, uh, because I'm a huge fan of grounding and, and really connecting with the earth. And which is both electrically grounding for our bodies, that's actually really healthy to do that. And also just kind of spiritually grounding into into connecting with the cosmos and remembering, oh, yes, (laughs) first of all, all these little things I'm worried about are kind of irrelevant. Just look at the trees and the, the, the whole nature does not hurry yet. Everything is accomplished, you know? So just kind mm. of reminding myself of all of these things, knowing that this part of the process is really helpful in those moments of fear. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, you know, uh, one of the things you said really brought up for me how all stars struggle, right? Mm-hmm. There is not one person that I have ever met that is successful that did not have one time, usually a lot more than one, where they said, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too hard. I don't 
don't know. It's probably it's I'm not cut out for this. And mm-hmm. blah, 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 right. <laughs> Even the people who shoot to stardom, mm-hmm. it may come later. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. um, space of like going, I don't know what's next. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to get there. And I'm not driving the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that's incredible to, to kind of know. I think a lot of times people, when they are reaching for the stars, they say to themselves, if I was cut out for this, I would not have doubt. Mm-hmm. I would not have those moments. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the ability to move through those moments is the only difference between yes. reaching your goals and not reaching your goals. Yes, yes, 100%. Mm. It is not mm. linear. It's not like you have the idea and you start taking the steps and then it will just be... Get, easy peasy from there on. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is totally normal to experience cycles of doubt. And oh, so not quitting because of that, you know, and not turning the doubt inward, like, oh, I'm not cut out for this. You know, it, it's really just a space that is that is inviting something new that you hadn't even conceived of. It's like letting yourself receive better than you ever even imagined. Because mm-hmm. if we just go for what we imagine, we're actually going to limit ourselves because there's so much more possible than we can conceive of. So this is a really nuanced thing that you were talking about where earlier in the conversation you were talking about identity loss, right? Identity change and loss. And this is, people go through this in so many different ways. Over and over again, we we go through that in life. But uh, then on this end, you know, of the conversation, we're talking about uh, sort of being in the unknown, but not losing who you are. So, so... For me, when you talked about that, what came up for me is this moment uh, just after my husband passed away, uh, I was sitting in my, for some reason I had like upholstered furniture in my kitchen. I don't understand. We were moved, uh, like the house sold a few days after each other, like everything happened all at once. Mm. And uh, my sister-in-law, I, I was having a real down moment and I said, uh, I, I just don't know who I am without him, right? Because that's, that's the thought is like, for 25 years, for more than 25 years, we were married that long, but for 30 years, we stood together, right? This was what we did together. It was, was breathe and, you know, move the stuff around. And, um, my sister-in-law looked at me and said, I know who you are. Mm. And that was really pivotal for me in that moment Mm. because of what she brought in energetically in that moment is I think what you're talking about with this list. And I, I love the idea that it's written down and that we can, we can look at it and it, interact with it and not need good timing and mm-hmm. brilliant people around us to say the right thing at the right time. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, and so can we, can you just tell us a little bit more about that, about how, how do we pour that, thing that is not our identity, mm-hmm. right? In that I am a coach, I am a parent, I am a, right? Mm-hmm. Not these ways that we attach to the current set of circumstances, but the ways that we attach to who we'd like to be and what the framework of that is. Mm. Tell us about that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, Gosh, what a what a powerful story you share. Thank you for thank you for sharing that. Well, I want to say one other thing about that actually, and then and then I'll answer your question. I promise. Um, but the 
that your sister-in-law said, I know who you are, is actually one of my favorite things to do with people as a coach. As I, I love to say that, uh, that I will challenge people to be, I'll challenge you to be greater than you think you are, and I'll sing your song back to you when you forget. And, you know, they, it, it is really helpful to have people in your life who can sing your song back to you when you're mm. in it, you know, and it's, it's really hard to see what's going on when you're in the middle of, of the pain. So to come back to, to this sort of summary written down of who you are, it's sort of like having someone else out there singing back your song to you. So I actually have it right in front of me. I have this literally this like one page piece of paper that, <laughs> that has, and, and I mean, here's the categories. Let's see, you've got who I am, what I do, why I'm here, my mission, my vision, my values, my decisional criteria, what I call my soul work themes, got a couple of mindful mantras, a moon omens affirmation, and then uh, I have a 2025 vision and a 2030 vision. And I just, it, all of these things, this is, and I've developed it over years and pieces and, and modified a piece here, modified, modified a piece there. I, I was changing it, you know, a month or two ago. Uh, so it's an evolving, living, breathing thing. But, but really uh, a centrally located reminder, like someone singing your song back to you, but it's really you. So this is, this is the other really cool piece that at the end of the day, of course, we are meant to be in community. We are meant to, to grow and learn and fall down and pick each other back up. But at the end of the day, you picking your own self back up mm -hmm. is the most powerful thing you can possibly do for yourself. So you are the only person who is never going to leave you, you know? And so how can you be that resource for yourself? Um, so this is one of those ways that I get to do that for myself and uh, love helping other people be that for themselves too. Beautiful. I love that uh, you, because you said singing your song back to yourself, I really got this image of a, a voice from the past, right? Because mm. it is you when you wrote it down, mm -hmm. singing that song out into the universe and then you matching up with it in some future mm -hmm. date. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's a powerful yeah. image. I love yeah. that. Oh, thank you. Um, Two, two things in there I'd love to bring out for our listeners. And the first is that uh, I have heard many people set five-year and 10-year goals. Mm -hmm. It's not something I relate to all that well. So mm -hmm. I'm not terribly good at it, right? <laughs> so I'm still learning how to do it and things mm -hmm. like that. I, I am fantastic at being in the moment, mm -hmm. having a dream, all of those kinds of things, right? But this uh, idea of projecting yourself into a moment in the future is uh, is is something that we can all get better at. Mm -hmm. So what I loved about the way that you read your titles there is that you did not say my five-year plan, my 10-year mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. You said my 2025 vision. It is a point in mm -hmm. time that mm -hmm. you named. Mm -hmm. That is really powerful. Yes, you know, so I love it. I love that that stood out because, in fact, it started as a five-year and ten-year vision, and then time was progressing. But but actually, some of those things were actually tied well specifically to 2025. And so I was like, well, okay, another year went by. So now my five-year vision is another year in the future. But no, 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 I'm focused on what I'm creating by 2025. So I ended up putting the years so that I didn't keep moving the end zone as it were. Mm. And, and so you can continue to add on at the end, but, but it's, 
but you're right. It's five year, ten year is a little bit unspecific. So, uh, and and the other thing about visioning versus plan and goal, and and this is a huge thing when you are goal planning or goal setting or or um, whatever is is actually again remembering that why behind the what. And it's my my vision doesn't include I have this amount of money and I have this you know this that and the other thing. It's it's more about feelings. Like this is the essence of how I feel when I wake up in the morning. And these are my rituals. And this is, you know, where I am. And, and so it's more a state of being. And so, so visions that are really specific in the state of being realm are where you're going you're gonna to actually create the, the success. <laughs> yeah. 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 This, uh, this is definitely a, a method of speaking to yourself that I, I know well. <laughs> it's really great. It's really great. Um, so we, we, I know we're coming up on, on getting close to the end, but there's one more thing I really hope we can bring out and that you'll share with us. And, and that is, um, this concept and maybe you'll, you'll tell me exactly how you wrote it, but the concept of having a, a prescribed, uh, uh, framework mm -hmm. for decision making. Mm -hmm. So this is because you had a couple of different nuances in there. Mm -hmm. You had like who, kind of who I am, who, mm -hmm. what my basis is. Yeah. And also like, this is how I'm going to make decisions. Yes. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yes. So, so actually the decisional criteria that I have are based on my values. So it's basically values-based decision-making. So I actually, so my values are alignment, joy, and courage. And, and so the decisional criteria that I relate to them, for example, alignment, which I, I define as integrating purpose, power, and passion. My decisional criteria are, does it serve my purpose? Is it in my zone of genius? Does it ignite my passion? So got to answer all those questions. Yes. For it to be in alignment. Right. And mm. so, and then joy and courage have some, some questions as well. So basically the decision-making criteria are aligned with the values and a little, a, a measure, right. To, to decide if this is really for you and you get to say no. That's right. I love that. That's so specific and, uh, yet still not tied to other people mm -hmm. and other markers in the world. Like I got that job and you mm -hmm. know, whatever, mm -hmm. or I married that guy or I had this many kids or yes. whatever it is. Yes. Yeah. 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 When I, when I talk about success, I, I love just saying if, if your version of or vision of success requires something outside of you to change or someone else to be different, it's, it's not actually success. So real success is achievable today and inspiring for the future. I guess, uh, I just have to ask one more question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm supposed to wrap it up, but I don't like to, um, it's like my least favorite is the end is saying goodbye. <laughs> um, you, you early on in this conversation, you talked about, uh, failure and how this is all just an experiment. And n now we're talking about what the marker of success is. And I think being able to uh, reframe failure mm -hmm. really requires what you're talking about here, where we're also reframing success yes. and whether we care about success. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because right. that's the idea of an experiment. An experiment is curiosity, not a uh, yes or no, yes. but a, ooh, look at what happened. Mm -hmm. Now we have mm -hmm. the information. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So success, you know, whether we care about success. So I, what the nuance there is, is, is letting go of caring about success in quotation marks as society defines it. Right. So, so I am all about redefining success for yourself. You get to decide what success means to you. So for me, success is living my mission and my mission is to shine my light and inspire you to shine yours. That's all I need to be successful. And, and it has nothing to do with bank account. It has nothing to do with number of followers. It has nothing to do with any of those kinds of things that society would have us, you know, be judged by and, uh, and declare ourselves successful, you know? So again, you get to decide and it gets to be aligned with who you are. That's so wonderful. Uh, now tell us just a little bit, what have you got going on? How can people get in touch with you? Of course, we're going to link everything, everybody. So don't worry about that part. But tell us what's going on in your world. I'm really actually super excited that this whole magic in one page who you are came up because I am actually about to start next month in, in April. I'm starting a group program called Giant Leap. Uh, so I actually, so we didn't even get here, but uh, but I actually have, have applied the essence of rocket science to my coaching. So I have this this kind of rocket science philosophy that is the foundation of my coaching. Um, but I, so I have I have one small step and I have Giant Leap. And Giant Leap is about to start. This is a group coaching program. And it's actually gonna be you creating your own magic. So you're gonna create your one page with your, who you are, what you do values visions we're going to go through that whole process uh it's going to be it's going to be six months kind of hands-on in a group just you know experimenting in the test kitchen and then actually i'm also a big believer in adjusting course uh, a, a big rocket science principles so so there's six months of hands-on high touch and then five months of follow-up where you're kind of you're integrating you're out there in the world doing it and we'll have some periodic course check calls but the container is still open it's uh it's an 11 month journey and and, and it's really about remembering who you are and why you're here. And we uh, start April 18th. Applications are, are due April 8th. And I am super, super, super excited for um, for this that's coming. So, yeah. That is great. Now, that is only a few days after this episode comes out. So I want everybody to make sure to go there and click below. And if you are listening after this time period, please do check out her website and see what's going on currently at that time. Yes, I uh, have more things coming out too. So, so we'll have some other lots of opportunities. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been Dr. Melissa Corley Carter with us today. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Donna Lynn. It's been a joy talking with you. Thank you. I want to also remind everybody who's listening that you can find out what's going on with me at donalyn.blog and that right now you can go to abundantjoyunlocked.com and get a special offer. So try that and see what you think. I will say uh, finding your way to alignment, to resilience, to figuring out how to bring joy into your life on a day-to-day -day basis, whether you do that with me or on your own or with someone else is crucial for having a really fun life. So get out there and do it.